0: ho 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 i'm john Miglosh for the wdma and we're going to be talking about strategies at work and a lot of other things very philosophical today it's going to be a tough show i think but i hope you can follow along i think you'll learn something and i think it'll be profoundly important to your marketing strategies so before we do let's have a little fun this is a morrison's christmas ad and the idea is that there are talking mitts uh and they're singing along and helping you get ready for the holidays and this is another one of the um system one picks for best commercials for the for the uh 2023 christmas season from john evans and let's see just pick it up morrison's more reasons to shop at morrison's and basically it's a lot of food shots and there's a lot of smiley stuff and it's silly and yet you know john evans says it's effective and i liked it so at least it gets the end at the name at the end i'd like to see that name in there more prominently for my money but it's not my money so do whatever you want right and they're talking about ai lots of fun actually using it sure yeah eventually Uh, chat GPT is introduced. So they're looking at, at NBC news, analyzed transcripts from all S and P 500 companies, earning calls and the spike from execs. AI fervor looks just like you'd imagine it to look right. Exactly. So it goes like this through the moon. Now that isn't a shiny object. Is it? Could that be a shiny object? Could that be one of the things that marketers like to talk about and all of a sudden get crazy? Have a great article here. So you haven't announced your plans to leverage AI. Are you really even a CEO? Okay, so a whirl through the Q3 earnings calls is a fun ride packed with lots of this. Ulta Beauty CEO says, AI is an important part of our business. Probably isn't, right? Leaders at Williams-Sonoma, one of my favorite companies. Okay, I mean, I think they, a the, the stalwart catalog company. Yep, the kitchenware company dropped that they're early adopters of integrating AI just minutes into their last call. So, what's next? Well, having only just passed the one year anniversary, there remains few enterprises, uh, enterprise tools on the market. Okay. Their executives are still trying to assess the associated costs. And oftentimes, that is the unanticipated consequences, which there will be many, you know, if, if, Elon Musk is right. It may be the end of civilization as we know it. And acquiring AI talent can be an uphill climb. There are only so many pros in the emerging field. Taking that. And if you're looking for someone with 25 years of machine learning experience and modeling experience, then you may want to give me a call. (laughs) Okay, so let's get over to this one. Top direct mail strategies that work by my friend Mike Gunderson, I always enjoy Mike's stuff. Five best practices for developing a direct mail strategy will help you reach your marketing goals, okay? Direct mail allows you to, are you on the fence about adding direct marketing? Well, direct mail allows you to reach more targeted audience than digital. I'm not sure, I'm not sure about that claim. You know, digital seems to multiply the audience even though there's only so many people there seems to be an unlimited growth for digital are they making up their own statistics could be but i know that direct mail does allow you to scale very 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 efficiently and you can test your way into new markets and new geographies and new uh, geodemographics and you can keep a lot of track because you know who you mailed you know what got delivered You know it went to a decision maker. You know they had to engage with it and make a decision. Even if all they did was throw it in the trash. Okay? They had to touch it. They had to read it. They had to engage with it. More than digital, which you can ignore because it throws itself away. Direct mail does not do that. Okay? And because of that, we can have effective holdout testing. We can say, let's not mail some people. and let's mail some people. And see if the not mailed people do worse than the mailed people. And so, we can generate an incremental impact of mail, which it's really hard to do that in digital. It's hard to hold them out because you don't know who's getting it anyway. You don't know who's seeing it, right? And then you can't measure what happened because you don't know who saw it. Voila. Anyway, uh, when you use it in tangent with digital marketing, the likelihood of generating converting leads increases substantially. But... Direct mail alone doesn't guarantee success if you're already using mail as a key component in your integrated marketing plan, then you understand the importance of strategy, okay? In most cases, when we talk media, we're not talking strategy. Strategy is more about emerging markets and who's and how we're going to position our product, things like that, that are in in a a great deal media independent, okay? That's where I put strategy. Media dependent, Issues are tactics generally, okay, if you want to differentiate those two. So each direct mail campaign needs to be intentional, organized, and tailored to your audience. Mm -mm -mm. We're going to talk about that a little bit. What direct mail strategies are most effective? First, Mike goes to innovative materials. That one I would not put first. Um, It is an important one, but most people put that way down on the list like last. Uh, Once you figure out who your market is, how to reach them, and what the positioning of your product is, then the tactic is testing against different uh, oversized envelopes, handwritten fonts, uh, embossed foil stamping, wax seals, die cutting. I want to talk about that just now because we were talking with a company yesterday and um, On Point, Faroe is up at On Point and I are putting together a, a mailer, like this with a little, I don't know if you can see it, but it's got a little die cut tear off coupon where you reinforce the offer. And um, so we're working on that right now, but Feroz is gonna hopefully convince his management to actually extend this little tab so that it's more eye-catching because the US Postal Service says you can do that. You can. This one, I don't know if you can see, but it's got the teeth hanging out of it. And so, uh, we're going to test the impact of just this on our on our mail. We're going to mail some of them like we showed the client, and we're going to mail some of them with the little thing out there, and we're going to key them separately, and we're going to have pearls, um, personal URLs. And so we're going to see what the impact of that little extra die-cutting is. Fascinating. You can do that in mail, right? You can do that. Um, handwritten fonts. You know, I work with old country marketing, and they have – this is a machine-generated handwritten font, very, very well done, but it's very, very horizontal. They also mailed me, this is how we got to be friends, they also mailed me one of their handwritten fonts, my own address, and I could tell it was really handwritten a number of ways, looking at the differences in the, in the same letters and also in the variability of the slant of the, le- of the lines of the address. Um, So those things are always good. I would say, as I said, those are probably tactics. Always consider your target audience. And of course, that makes sense. If you're mailing to Hispanics, you might want to do it in Spanish, right? If you're mailing to English speakers and it's a very, very low percentage of Hispanic population within a zip code, you might want to keep it in English and not do dual language. When Walmart went into Quebec, they mailed it only in English. Very offensive to the uh, French Canadians. I know that. that. That was a historical thing. So consider your audience. Um, it's easy for marketers to design campaigns they think are award-worthy. And, and that's an important thing, award-worthy. When I was at the ad agency. I worked at a real general ad agency. They were more interested in win- winning awards than they were in testing. Um Mike goes on and says, knowing your target audience is is a fundamental concept to creating an impactful direct mail campaign. Well, it might be a place you can start, but the problem we have is this idea of keeping your audience in mind. And uh, so Thomas Nagel famously wrote an article back in 1974 called, What Is It Like to Be a Bat? And if you haven't heard of that, I'm going to put it in the show notes today. <laughs> what is it like to be a bat? And he's arguing on the mind-body problem, or the mind-brain problem, you might say. And he says that everybody reduces the problem to something they can conceive of. And so they say. So he says, you might be able to think about what it's like to be a bat. You can think about flying around at night with a different level of sense awareness, basically flying in the dark, catching mosquitoes at will, at ease, zipping and turning and doing all those things a bat does. But you have no idea what it's like to be a bat because a bat doesn't have human consciousness in a bat body. A bat has bat consciousness. So a bat probably isn't self-reflective about how cool it is to catch mosquitoes at will. We have no idea. And when we start thinking that we know what it's like to be a bat, which you, you, you know, you're laughing at this now, I hope you are, and you're saying, oh, John, that's silly, I would never think that I knew what it was like to be a bat, yeah, well, you know, I, wa- I wa- actually watched the Barbie movie a couple of weeks ago, and one of the humorous parts about it was the all-male uh, board members, <laughs> presumably at Mattel, who, uh, who knew what it was like to be young girls, uh, and what they would like in Barbie apparel or Barbie, uh, accessories. And, um, you know, I don't know what it's like to be you. I'm not even a hundred percent sure what it's like to be me. If you really want to go, go for it. A famous ancient church father said that it's easier to raise the dead than to know oneself. And that, there's a lot of truth in that. And happy to talk. Call me up. Let's talk about uh, St. Athanasius, right? And uh, what he thought about our own perception of ourselves. So if I don't know myself, I sure don't know what it's like to be you. And so all we're really doing is guessing. And the whole marketing industry has reduced marketing to guessing what the market might want. And then we award guessers that seem to make better guessers or do it more creatively right it's insane literally insane what we should be doing is saying let's set this up properly let's test it let's look at the incremental gain of one versus another and it's not just the headline you know they say test one thing or test everything you know but what is the gain of handwritten notes? We can do that test. It's not hard, but you got to do the same basic list, A, B, split. That's where the A, B, split idea came from. And we got to try one with type and one with handwritten or one with, you know, as a retest, you might want to do one with re, with handwritten and one with robot written. Okay. And we'll and we'll do it a couple times or do a significant enough test panel and you'll have a, a, a hypothesis that says handwritten notes are worth 100% increase in response or something, I don't know. Mike rightly points out free offers, the word free is always a big lift, but that's based on testing. If you look at uh, Claude Hopkins' book, you'll see that he bases a lot of his axioms on the tests of the direct mail industry Fifty in the 50 years before he wrote his book, which was came out 100 years ago in 1923. Offers like free trial, complimentary products for registering a year, full year without service fees. But again, you can test that. There's a cost associated with a free offer. What's the lift? What's the ROI of that change in the offer? Sometimes it's magnitude. Sometimes you get five times bigger response with something that only costs you, you know, maybe 10% more in your cost per piece or your cost of fulfillment. Okay, personalization. And this is really where this what is it like to be a bat comes in. Okay, Mike says, personalizing your direct domain, just adding a person's name to a mailer can increase response rates 135%. That sounded like a lot, so I went to the article. There's actually a link in the, in the PDF that you can get to the article, I think. And if there isn't, well, I'm, I'm actually uploading the article, so you can go to WDMA.org. And he says, and it says that when they put the name in, it increased the response rate 44% in, the, in that article. When you included full color, it also raised it 45%. So they thought, well, what's the, what's the combination compared to black and white, no name, just uh, street address? And it turned out that name and full color doesn't didn't add up, not 44 plus, you know, not 89%, but 135%. There was a double boost, right? Okay. And when they use database info, it was 500. Now, it doesn't always work. Okay. If you've been mailing some business and some person's name for three or four years, and you take that name off and you put a title, I know this because I did the head to head tests on the 600,000 pieces, and we often found the title would outpull a person's name. And if you called them and asked them, asked the person, you know, why they're not buying anymore. Inevitably, it was because they were in a different position, right? And that's how it works. Looks like it it broke my thing again. Anyway, so personalization is another thing that you can test, but don't just assume that adding their name is going to increase response. And then Mike gets into measuring. Before launching any campaign, know how you will measure its performance. And I would say measurement is only mildly valuable because if you mail piece A and it does X and you mail piece B and it does Y and you made changes between A and B and there was a time lag between A and B, there's no valid test between the two. You can surmise what it might be, but what you need to do is you need to set up a valid incremental test. And that's done. Actually, a way to ask the question is what's the control? Okay, so what's the control with or without QR codes? With or without a phone number? With or without personalized URLs? What's the control? If you don't have a control, if you don't aren't taking a known quantity and mailing it against a new quantity, then you really aren't, then you're measuring, but you don't have anything left at the end of the day. And that's what we really need to talk about instead of AI and ChatGPT. This is where you need to go in 2024. And I have an article coming out in a blog post. It's coming out tomorrow. So maybe we'll actually, if I find it, (laughs) if it gets posted, I may talk about it tomorrow. Um, But I do have an Incremental Lift article from Forbes for tomorrow. So I think you'll enjoy that. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart.